0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session.
2: (laughs) We are live. Good morning, (laughs) security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. It is CISO Thursdays. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter helping awesome leaders hire great talent. We have awesomeness going on today. First, we're going to introduce ourselves. So, Dr. Dan, go for it.
3: Dan Schaefer, Peak Performance Strategies. uh, I help people get a competitive edge and move away from their competition very quickly, separate themselves from their competition, and uh, find ways to win. And I do that by helping them to sell mistakes.
2: Awesome sauce. The James Azar.
1: You know, yesterday when you posted this, you tagged me as Alex Azar. Uh, but Alex Azar is no longer Secretary of HHS.
2: Did I tag you as Alex Azar for
1: real? You did tag me as Alex Azar. It was brilliant. I actually oh, laughed my tail off sorry. for about a good 15 minutes. That so my name awesome. is James Azar, not Alex Azar. We're not related, although we have the same last name. But that's kind of like Johnson, Small, Fullon, Buck, Walter, or Schaefer. Not all of them are related to each other. And so... <laughs> I'm a sister and host of the Cyber Stock podcast.
2: Oh my God. I can't believe I did that. Okay, late night. <laughs> this is why I like doing these things in the morning <laughs> when I have a flare head. OMG. Naomi, talk
4: yeah, I'm not related to any other Buckwalters. I'm going to say I'm married into a Buckwalter family, so I'm pretty sure there's no other Asian Buckwalters out there.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, Challenge on. Challenge on. <laughs>
4: let's, let's find the one other person. Uh, yeah, so identity theft will be hard for me, for, for you guys criminals. Uh, so, Naomi Buckwalter, I'm a VC, so, and i been in security for a while
2: now. So, let's do this. Let's do it. Chris Folon, my other brother from another mother. So James Alex Azar is one brother, Chris is the other. Chris was the first. Go ahead,
5: Chris. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm not hosting this hilarious podcast, I am a um, security risk super manager at Capital One, uh, coach, red team fit fanatic, and just all around great guy.
2: All around. Did he just label
1: himself as an all around great guy? (laughs) Heck yeah. He's like, feeling did. good today.
3: Just like feeling a good today. profile, yeah, like. unabashed self-promotion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris is taken. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> today is going to be a fun day, I could already tell. Ben says, how does one get a V before your name like the James? Well, got to be special like James, man. There's no other one like him. There is nobody else like him. So uh, Jonathan says, a computer doctor. Why is that the coolest thing I've ever heard of? Dr. Dan. A computer
4: doctor. He's
2: not, uh, he's and- not a computer doctor. He's an actual doctor. No, <laughs> no. He's a doctor doctor. No, I'm, I'm, a
3: business, I'm a business and sports psychologist.
2: He's a psych, like doctor, doctor, psych. Like a doctor, yeah. All right, so 221 in 2021. First and foremost, folks, we have had an amazing January. So I want to let everyone know that we started off, James had his big mouth going and said, I want us to have 10 people hired in January. So we took on the challenge, we got together, you all out there sent in all of your amazing videos and write-ups and all that stuff and we shared them around and lo and behold, we have eight, eight people hired so far in the month of January. Eight people, we need two We need two more, we need two more. So we got what, three, four days to go, three days I believe. We need two more people. We want you guys to put out there hashtag hires. That is first and foremost. So congratulations to all of you folks that have gotten hired. We're going to have them come on the show, talk about it, all that good stuff. So super excited about that.
1: But, now, but, hang on. Let me explain something because this is going to carry on into the next thing. We want to get 10 people hired because we want to beat the ATS system. We want to give people the opportunity to be noticed because sometimes their um, resume doesn't make it to the right people but the power of LinkedIn, the power of everyone watching, the power of everyone participating and sharing the person who's looking for a role or sharing open roles helps get get people the right people noticed who may have otherwise just be a name on a piece of paper that is forever um for forever lost in an ats system
4: james hates ats systems i'm feeling personal vendetta here
1: no it's it's uh, not I, that I, with him. I i it's not that i hate ats systems it's i just i, I feel like when since we have started doing this right the most common challenge that many people experience is i submit my cv and i never hear back from anyone Right. And you've got to like, you not only need to write your CV and market yourself and look for the job, but you've also got to be like, all right, let me go back and edit and put in more keywords so that maybe this job picks me up.
4: And you got to format it. So the ATS system doesn't like, you know, mess up your, your listings and stuff like your columns are going to be all wrong. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, this kind of leads us into, uh, and uh, sorry, Renee, but now you can you can you can take it.
2: No,
4: take
1: it.
2: Okay, go next. go for it. Well, up next. H-
1: how how I'll take it. You um, take. It. Oh yeah, you're the big mouth that that did this one.
2: big This mouth, is big not mouth, yeah. like bigger mouth.
1: This is all Chris.
5: Definitely. Um, I saw your 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 ten for January, and I'm like, "This is 2021. Let's up this game." And I said, "Let's go for 221 in 2021, and make this a community-driven effort." So I put it out there. Um, we've gotten over 20 resume reviewers already signed up. We have over 200 resumes submitted. So we're, we're getting this ball rolling. Um, it's not just for January. We're going through the whole year. So we're going to keep this going, uh, keep reminding folks, um, and let's get hired. We've we've gotten interest from companies that want to participate. We've gotten interest from recruiters that want to help. We've gotten CISOs that want to jump on and help with resume reviews. So the, the response from the community has been amazing. So let's get 221 hires in 2021.
3: I'll, t- I'll tell you who you don't want to be. You don't want to be the CIO who desperately needs the people who we're talking to uh, and can't get in touch with them. The cost of having an open slot or the wrong person in the wrong slot, only you guys can calculate, but it's just amazing. So it's thinking about who's in a situation now who says, you know, if only I could get, that's the kind of, it's the kind of things Renee and I have dealt with for years. People were saying, if only I can get the right people. Well, we have the right people. We just need people who say, you know, how do I, how, who really wants to tap into this whole process here? Uh, and what does it cost them not to, not to tap in?
2: Exactly. So some comments showing up here. Can everyone hear me clearly?
3: Yep.
1: Yep.
2: Okay. Because you guys were frozen for a little bit, but good comments coming on. Um, let's see. Ben wants to know where do you go from here? Why not? <laughs>
3: 2022
2: yeah, why not? Twenty two right? hires <laughs> in twenty twenty two. Well, ben we need everyone. We need everyone's help. Like
4: the, the recruiting, the-, the recruiters, and the hiring managers—they need to get on board with this too. <clears throat> and think about it this way: if you guys are hiring. Uh, you are saving money by going through these LinkedIn network channels where you don't need to pay indeed $400 for a month. Like you don't need to do all this. Like you'll go through the back channels, go through your network and we will help you get people hired onto your team. That is the goal. Uh,
5: Amazing point. And then um, not only that, but you have the people that are passionate for it um, that, that want to go out and get it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Okay, um, someone says here, I want to get an infosec job, but I don't, I don't think I'm ready. I, I don't know who is making this comment and if they're joking or not. <laughs> so we'll come back around. Um, Tyrone, please go over how those who are in cyber but not in a hiring role can help and assist y'all to make this challenge and get the word out. Chris is well, running the show. I, I,
5: Share. I'm running the show. So I would say share with the community. Thanks, James. Um, share with the community. Um, engage those that have been in a hiring manager role to help um, review resumes because we need those. And then just keep on sharing.
3: The hiring manager may not have the kind of access that you have just being on this program. So it's who needs, how does, there is somebody in your company who needs to be connected to what's going on here uh, to save money and to make it very, and, and to get the right people. That's the key thing. You know, you can, somebody said before, how do I, how do I get into, I forget what the question was. Uh, I should have answered it when I thought about it, but I didn't.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, the what person what ask- what
3: if I'm not ready. I'm oh, not right. yeah, I want, but I don't think I'm ready. I have people that don't think they're ready. For major sporting events,
2: Mm.
3: am I really ready? Leave it up to the professionals who can assess that to let them tell you if you're ready. And if you're going to the right company, if you're not ready, maybe there's a process within that company that will help you get ready very quickly. How quickly can they ramp you up?
4: That's the imposter syndrome that we sometimes talk about. Yeah, It's like everyone has it. Literally everyone has imposter syndrome. I have it. James, you have it too, right? Like we I all, can't we, be We've, us, we all, we, we've all
1: I think we've all got yeah. some level of imposter some syndrome. All,
4: exactly. And it changes day to day. So but, like if but, you don't but, think you're ready, put yourself in there.
1: But here's the thing, you're never hundred percent ready. That's true. You're never hundred percent ready. If you're waiting for hundred percent ready, your your life's gonna pass you by. <laughs> you're you're never you're never ready. Like you just gotta jump in the deep end of the pool and start swimming.
3: Yep. Totally. It, would seem, it would seem to me in, in, this, in this environment, you can be ready today, but not ready for what's coming down tomorrow. So it's always changing.
1: Yeah.
3: Awesome.
2: Okay. More comments here. And then we're going to post the link soon too. Um, all right. Nitty says, wow, that's impressive. I'm just starting to apply for InfoSec jobs. Can you guys share some more tips for beginners?
5: wants to take that on well i'll take that on we have a lot of episodes in the collection that a you can go back and review you can listen to amazing stories from um, past guests that have come on um but some of the things that R- renee has says over the episodes is look for keywords and similar job postings that you're applying for make sure that you're in your resume. Um, Things that I say all the time is focus on results. Show the business the value that you're bringing to them and the problem that you'll help them solve.
3: I think it's important to create an environment not where they wanna hire you, but where they don't wanna not hire you. Very
2: true, Dan. Moodin says, I'm with you, James, with whatever James, all of James's stuff, we're with most of it. <laughs> Timothy says, where can we submit a resumes for review? I'm um, later in my career with no work experience in cybersecurity, but I would like to make that change soon. We are going to post the link up shortly, Timothy, um, and follow us. I mean, we're going to follow Chris. He has it all over his um, his LinkedIn live stream, I mean, his LinkedIn stream. I'm going to have it on my. We're all going to have it, but I will post it up in a couple of minutes here. Courtney says there's nothing more frustrating than applying for hundreds of jobs and getting zero responses.
1: Communication is a challenge.
2: That is true. The main reason why we are breaking the ATS. Go ahead, Naomi.
4: And here, Courtney, I know this might you might have already tried this, but if you have someone who has reviewed your resume, um, I'm thinking if you are going through hundreds of applications and you're not hearing back, your resume is most likely the problem. So have somebody review it, um, submit it through the channel that Chris has set up. Um, and we're going to we're going to post that link shortly, but we will review your resume, a bunch of uh, industry professionals and give you some great feedback that you can use to really knock those ATS socks right off.
2: So here's the well, that link looks crazy. So what I'm going to do is <laughs> I will make sure to post the link up there um, in a little while. So give me a second. Uh, OK, so who's up next? This was Timothy, Courtney, how would you recommend going about putting yourself out there for an entry level job, especially if I'm interested in an information security analyst job? Same question. So
3: I I can throw something in there from from, uh, outside of this industry. I always ask people who I work with to give me a uh, uh, organizational chart of the company they're working for, they're planning to work for. Then I ask them, in 2026, where would you love to be in this organizational chart? And then we work on a strategy to get yourself there. So it's you go in with your talents, whatever it is, but it's a mindset, and it's what James said before that that uh, you know when you put it a, a objective into your subconscious mind, that dream drags you toward it. And it will do that relentlessly and lets you get in its way. Part of what I do is help people stay out of that, out of their way.
5: I I would also add, um, make sure you highlight any training courses that you're doing at school um, for yourself, any self-directed research projects. Anything at all that you're you're doing. So if you have a blog and you're um, doing analysis on security breaches or things like that, you're doing hack the boxes, um, things like that. Put that on there. Show that you have the interest. Show that you have the the
3: skills to to learn on the job too. I don't know how it applies with people who are applying in this field now, but I will tell you that don't eliminate any competitive sports uh, experience that you have, because I've seen people hired for high paying trading jobs because as somebody said to them, I know that if you get knocked down, you're getting right back up again.
2: That's how sports relates. Agreed. Um, Aluwaranti says, I'm really passionate. I have some basic experience, but I'm not, I'm not getting, a non-clearance job, so I'm not sure. What she,
1: she she actually added a comment below that um, uh, where she right. goes. Most, most of, the of the infosec jobs require a security clearance, and you have to be a citizen. Um, if you're applying for government work, yeah, um, but but most private industry doesn't require a security clearance. Um, so so just wondering what jobs or what websites she's using to look for work.
2: Yeah. There's tons and tons. I hired last year, I don't know how many people and the vast majority were, did, not, did not need a clearance, did not, including high school people who were still in college or who were just right about to graduate from college with zero real world experience, but they were really good in capture the flags. They were good in, um, you know, they had some other experience on their own like while being in school and they were hired and they did not need a clearance. So I just want to double down on what um, James is saying. Okay, so let's see, not a question, but this is my food. It's not a question, Question, but love the work you guys are doing. You're doing a lot with these live streams and CV advice sessions. I predict that it will build momentum through 2021 and help many more people into the industry.
1: That's the goal. Join yeah,
4: us, Mafu's. Like yeah. you can
2: be a reviewer.
4: We need right. more people. Mafu's won the the, uh, the challenge I had. He won ten bucks the other day. With awesome. my challenge. $10? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome.
1: Ten bucks. <laughs> where, did you, how, he won 10 did you...
4: I had a contest? You know, if cybersecurity had a mascot. What would it be and why? And he answered really well. Uh, Tom and Jerry from the kids' cartoon show way back in the day.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Red team, blue
4: team. Yeah. They like fight each other, but they learn from each other. I really like that. That was (laughs) a nice analogy. Yeah.
1: That's like the and they never catch each other, too. Like, every they never, time you think they <laughs> caught each other, they get away. That's pretty much cybersecurity. Brilliant. That's that's really well done, Mahfouz. She only yeah. gave you $10. What a cheapie. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, what the, the hell? Five
4: bucks. And I think he's in the UK or he's in the EU somewhere, so it's, like, even less <laughs> money for him. Yeah, that's even less money. The dollar is getting
1: crushed right and now. It's, like,
2: 2 bucks. You can buy a sandwich. So, Michael.
4: The Cardo dollars
1: is kind of so like that. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> he says, don't do
4: government, government work. work. Yeah. I think we all do de- government work at one time.
1: So I will say this, though. So there's a new federal chief information security officer that got appointed uh, literally this week. And um, the White House just budgeted $200 million to the cybersecurity workforce for the federal government. Hmm. That's literally happened in the last 24 hours. So this new administration is really taking cybersecurity seriously, and they're dedicating some resources to it, including hiring a federal CISA, which the previous administration really did not have. Um, and the way they're looking to fill the CISA leadership role is also very interesting. They're they're looking to kind of uh, revamp CISA a little bit more. And um, and so forth. So there's some really positive stuff being done from a federal government perspective. I expect that within a year or two, uh, federal jobs and cyber will be will be as competitive in pay as some of the uh, private sector jobs.
2: Yeah, I was on last night. We did a, a podcast with Federal Career Connections and they um, a lady, Chris Westbrook, who's a former CIA, um, former Sorry former uh, CIA director she was sharing information around um, what's happening and what's new on a on a CIA perspective as well specifically around cyber so am, do you guys hear an echo for me yeah. yeah all right i will pause i will mute myself <laughs> i don't know what just happened <laughs>
1: So, so that's that's one of the I think that's like the 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 biggest thing from a perspective of um, federal work right now is the idea that they're gonna take cyber a lot more seriously. So d- don't be discouraged by what we've seen. I think it, with time now, it's gonna get better. So we have another comment here. I'll pretend to be Renee. So another comment dropping. Um, also, is there a way to bypass the HR screening? As they don't usually know the skills that can translate, they only look for keywords, which doesn't tell you anything about the candidate's work experience. Kind of, while the whole purpose of why we started InfoSec Hires and now hashtag one in twenty twenty one that Chris has taken on. I'm gonna have to like say that three times fast in front of a mirror to get it like smooth. <laughs> but. <clears throat> but but that's the whole point so for everyone watching or participating when you like if you just search those hashtags on linkedin once a day and then share all those posts or you know if you're following any one of us and you see us sharing this stuff please like share it as well and comment for visibility and that'll help you know kind of beat the hr screening and get you noticed by hiring managers and tag hiring managers in these posts i think that's really important, especially on LinkedIn, like tag them in the post Yeah, so, and remember on, on Twitter.
4: Exactly. And remember, guys, the best way to find a job is to have the recruiters and hiring managers find you. So if you are not visible on social media, and you're not visible on LinkedIn, like no one's ever going to find you write a blog, join a podcast, like volunteer at a cybersecurity working group, put yourself out there, people will find you. In fact, like this job that I have now is because someone found me on LinkedIn, like that, It happens, it works.
2: Don't go to them, they'll come to you and uh, good things happen. So Timothy says, just in case you haven't mentioned it, veterans looking to get into the industry can go to Fed FTE and take certification courses from cybersecurity and uh, from CISA. So cybersecurity infrastructure security agency for free. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, there's a ton of free resources for vets.
2: That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Um, one of the comments came through when I had to refresh my computer. Michelle said, I'm currently in school and um, know a decent amount of Linux and SQL and other technologies. Do you think it's possible to get an entry-level job in cyber?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, de- definitely think that there's, um, there's ways to get an entry-level job in cyber. As long as you can show how the Linux skills, how the SQL skills can be used to secure the infrastructure. You can use your experience to say, hey, because you set it up this way, these are the risks that you have, or this is how something can be manipulated and this is my recommendation to secure it. So you use your Linux knowledge, your SQL knowledge in securing the infrastructure or in highlighting the risks and that's how you can step in.
3: If, if we come back to um, the concept of selling mistakes, if you can identify the mistakes that you will not let somebody make, uh, that you can uh, uh, identify what mistakes cost somebody money, emotion, and reputation, when you're talking to them about it, it's what they don't want to have happen from the recruiting manager not wanting to lose you to uh, the CIO. Not wanting to have the wrong people underneath him to protect his data.
2: All right. So um, another question that had come through was from Sebastian. I don't know if we went through this while while I was um, gone for a second, but it says, "Does LinkedIn accounts that get checked by do, do, do your LinkedIn accounts get checked by ATSs or do actual people look at your skills?" I completed a few of the amazing LinkedIn skills, but I'm not sure if they actually stand out. And this was from Sebastian. Did we answer this yet? No. No. So LinkedIn um, is some LinkedIn is almost like its own ATS in a way. Uh, so for a lot of people that don't really realize this, LinkedIn is a huge, as you all probably are aware, recruiting tool. It started out that way. Um, and so the, the social chatting aspect has you know, come on in the recent years, but initially it was really like almost a job board kind of a, a situation. Um, the ATS, so they have behind the scenes a little bit of, a, of an ATS. Typically it is um, humans looking through, like they have their own algorithms and they can, if there's a job that's posted, Um, They can rank your LinkedIn profile to that job, so you want to make sure you have a really, really maximized LinkedIn profile, so people focus a lot on resumes too, but LinkedIn profiles are also very, very important, because if a LinkedIn job is posted, it will connect to your, um, it'll connect your profile to that job if it's a really good job, I mean, if it's a really good um, profile. Um, secondly, recruiters behind the scenes do eyeball some of this stuff, but again, they typically eyeball, you know, if you have a th- a hundreds of people potentially for a role, the ones that c- that reach the surface are the folks that have the most, um, almost like your resumes, optimized for these positions. In regards to the LinkedIn skills, um, I don't really look at those um. You know, like if there's a, like some kind of LinkedIn certification, I don't know. I don't really look at those all that much in terms of, um, you know, skills for security. I don't know if any of you do, but I don't. I don't really look at it much. Okay, cool. So Tyrone says, and I know um, Chris has to jump jo- jump soon. So Chris, are you staying? You got to you got to roll. Okay, bye, Chris. All right. So Tyrone says for
1: those. Bye, Chris.
2: For those looking to get that first entry-level job, uh, number one, get your resume reviewed. Number two, attend professional virtual meetings. Number three, network. Number four, apply, apply, apply. Number five, take heed to Chris, Dr. Darren, Renee, James, and Naomi. Number five, do not get discouraged. I was three years ago. I applied over 200 times.
1: Yeah, it's um, th- there's a lot of challenges
2: So (laughs) Michael has jokes. I have MS Paint on my LinkedIn skills. Got (laughs) mad people banging on my door because of
1: it. (laughs) Hey, that's a very rare skill nowadays.
2: (laughs) We need you. (laughs) But all joking
4: aside, I do see people list their skills in kind of the wrong order. Like I'll see people put HTML as their first skill. Like that is not a security thing like like good for you that you know html but that how is that going to help you get a security job so really be focused on getting your resume like perfect remember it's a marketing document you can put things you can shift order thing you know order things around that will help you stand out so have someone look at it submit your resume for a review we are doing another round of these 221
2: in 2021 let's go awesome mafuz has a really interesting comment here I feel like the conditions here in the UK cybersecurity industry may differ from you guys across the pond in the U.S. So perhaps you could bring in guests from other places, though, of course, there'll be plenty of advice that you guys can give that work globally. P.S. Naomi, I got (laughs) six pounds and 50 pence, right, from your ten dollars. Happy nonetheless. So he gets... One French fry or one chip, one biscuit. Yeah,
4: one biscuit. No
1: negative. You know what you can get with for six quid in New York, in like London, you can get like six scoops of Chinese food.
4: Oh, oh. from the street vendors. Like, yeah, <laughs> like that's like the not best. Not during food. a pandemic. It's a pass.
1: Or like, or like, you can get fish no, and enough. chips, like the newspaper fish and chips for like six quid. He can,
4: he can get a cuppa and a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You ain't fancy.
2: I'm fancy. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Would you say that networking certs are also useless as a skill to bring in addition to cybersecurity certs?
1: Depending on the discipline in cyber. So if you're doing, you know, network security, then networking certs are important for, you know, that discipline in cyber. If you're, you know, doing governance and risk, uh, not so so much. much. So... Again, cyber has a lot of disciplines, and I think that's one thing a lot of job seekers don't wrap their heads around is like in marketing, there might be two disciplines, right? And, and I might be wrong here. And some marketing people might just be like, James, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. And I very well might not be. But let's say, for example, sales. Sales has two disciplines, right? You either know how to sell retail or you know how to sell enterprise, right? Those are the two disciplines. That's it. But sales is sales. It's one skill. Cyber has a ton of disciplines, a ton of them. And so you have to be able to, um, if you want to be in networking, then yeah, get networking certs and get security certs and go into network security and understand the career path and the trajectory of network security. Like understand there's a glass ceiling at network security. You're going to reach a point where you've maxed out your, you, the, the amount of money you can earn and the title that you hold. You know, the same thing with system admins or, or uh, governance and risk. Um, CISOs today, you know, if, if your career trajectory is to be a CISO, you can't just understand cyber. You also have to understand business. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Like, you got to be a business person. You got to be a businessman. You got to understand how a business operates and how security can be part of the business in order to be a successful CISO. The days of a CISO kind of sitting in that basement office with no windows, with a team of people in hoodies are over with. Security today is an integral part of the business, and based on your career trajectory and what you want to do with it, you got to be able to pick up the other parts beyond security. That's why I always tell people, like, get a PMP. Like, project management allows you to really kind of do special security business projects across the enterprise and kind of get noticed by other departments and get exposure and and get cross-trained um, you know there's there's different aspects of it that are really important that you have to be able to do um, in order to be successful in security over the long term
4: James you got a shout out Michael Kernow
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> in my language,
4: right? For, for real. Uh, I'll just <laughs> echo what James said. Like, if you want to be a security leader, and I think that's where most people in security eventually want to be, you do need that broad range of experience across different domains. So, think mile wide, inch deep kind of stuff like CISSP teaches you. So, it's okay to go ahead and study for these certs. Certainly, try to do certs if you can, but there is value in learning also. So even if you don't have the hands-on, at least you have the book knowledge that you can bring to the table if someone asks you for information and advice. And one thing that, again, what James is saying, like those cross domain, like those different kinds of skills that you need as a security leader. I think the number one important thing for me as a security leader is to have relationship building skills, empathy, emotional intelligence. That is like the number one thing that I need to lean back on and to fall back on to be able to influence others and to like get things done because as a security leader you're not going to be hands on the keyboard fixing all the security problems and engineering problems you need to influence others to do it themselves and motivate other team members so uh, empathy and emotional intelligence is such a huge thing that we overlook as an industry and as as a community we don't talk about it enough and that's why we see a lot of like jerks lot and I'm hoping we get away from that honestly
1: yeah I mean so you brought up a great segue into the cyber couch so <laughs> <laughs> um, emotional intelligence the stress of the job um, there's a lot of a, a lot of different things that that impact s- like someone's um, uh, capabilities to advance in cyber and I think the more responsibility you take on the more stressful the job is. And, you know, Naomi asked me earlier today, she she asked me how many hours of sleep I got last night because obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I get three to four hours of sleep a night if I'm lucky. Like if I'm lucky, partly because of the job, partly because of all the other things I do, including, you know, I'm a CISO and I have a podcast and I'm working on a, on, on a new business venture and all these different things. And so, you know, security is not a nine to five job. And that's the one thing you have to ask yourselves is, if I want to become a CISO, if I want to go up the ladder, if I want to climb up the ladder and be successful, you've got to be willing to put that in. And that's why we're launching something called the Cyber Couch. The Cyber Couch is kind of a place to come and vent. Um, (laughs) <laughs> oh that's really funny Why not? I, I wish you guys could see like the back scenes of what's going on here because renee just knocked it out of the ballpark i can't <laughs> believe you just wrote that that's <laughs> the back scene chat here is uh
2: <laughs> it keeps us fun it keeps us fun <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yeah but <laughs> you took me off my train of thought i was, like, just see that and i'm like oh my god that's
2: okay questions We'll get back to the cyber couch in a second.
3: All right. Uh, so, you know, you know I, I think, you know, James, you brought this up before about, about sales. I was talking to a company the other day, and stuff is not going the way they want. They're doing the same things the way they always did, not changing anything, same language, same training, being trained by people who train their competition. And it's to get a thousand foot view of what's not working. I mean, if people are really working hard and, and study and training for stuff and something's not working then something has to change. It's what Naomi said before with your resume.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say this. I Last night um, at like 2 a.m. right before I went to sleep, I fired off a post on LinkedIn and it was really simple. It was like uh, I asked two questions. What's one thing you would change in the process of finding a job as a job seeker? And then I asked the hiring manager, What's the one thing you would like to never do again as a hiring manager? And and comments keep coming in on this, but I will tell you like (laughs) people here have some like really funny comments, but people here share like horror stories of trying to find a job or hiring manager. Talk about the horror stories of being overwhelmed with people who are extremely underqualified. And so you know, every side when they look at the other side, they think they're so like. I don't understand why is it so hard to fire off an email. Well, if you've got three hundred applicants, you don't have time to fire. You know, two hundred and ninety nine emails. People like don't you
2: understand just, that. I'm yeah, so glad you,
1: you're bringing that up. You don't, right? But at the same time, if you're a job applicant and you're just applying for everything, you're also losing a little bit of your of your skill set. You're you're losing a little bit of Um, I don't want to say skill set, but you're using a little bit of your credibility. But then here comes the twist. Here's the twist. If you've been looking for a job for a while, and at this point, you're like, I'll take anything, right? Like I was listening to Tim Poole the other night, and he was saying that during like the uh, 2008 market crash, 2009 market crash, he was really down on his luck. He was looking for any job. He was sleeping on a friend's couch, and he went for this dishwasher job. And as he was about to get the job, someone with a suit walked in and said, I'm here for the dishwasher job. And he didn't get that job, right? Because that person showed up for a dishwasher job with a suit, not, you know, jeans and a t-shirt taking the job casually. And the business owner ended up hiring that person. And so you have to understand that we live in a place right now and we live in an economy right now. People don't want to talk about this, but we live in an economy where Um, There's a lot of people that are unemployed and that those unemployment jobs are going to keep adding up and there's going to be more people that are going to be looking to break into industries that are growing like cybersecurity. And so the competition is going to increase and more and more people are going to want to break into this industry because they see job growth opportunities here and livable wages. But here's the other here's the downside to this, folks. And I think a lot of um, job applicants need to be wary of this and hiring managers as well. As the job pool grows, the starting wage will decrease. What today we pay someone maybe 80 or 90 a year for, by next year, mark my words, will be a $65,000 a year job. And the point of CyberCouch is to kind of create an environment where we can all kind of get together privately. This is not something that's being recorded. It's not something we're going to publish. It's a vetted, private kind of place where we can come and we can vent and we can talk about things. Um, think of it as kind of like a therapy hour
4: Safe um, space. or a,
1: yeah, a support group.
4: Support group. Yeah. Cybersecurity yeah.
2: anonymous. So James, um, Someone yes. asked here yes. the cyber couch is very interesting. Approach will the couch provide a reservoir with lessons learned and best. Yes, we're practices? gonna have
1: a website with like lessons learned, and we're gonna try to do that every time we do this. We release a PDF with the best practices taken away from the cyber couch. So it's gonna it's gonna be a community effort, but we're we're gonna be posting a lot of stuff on there. Um the idea is to create this like ultimate support group for professionals. Because for those who don't know the surveys, and I don't mean to go off on a rant, but I think it's really important to talk about the real things and not just the La La Land stuff, right? Which is, yeah, the money's good, but the job is extremely stressful. And a lot of people in this industry, Medicaid, I have friends in this industry that I know, Medicaid, either through alcohol or prescription drugs to deal with some of the stresses and challenges of the work. And those are real challenges. And we have to be able to build a support group where people don't feel the need to medicate as much or at all. Yeah. I heard
4: like sixty something percent of us medicate. What was that Crazy. stat?
1: Like seventy eight percent of seventy eight percent of medicate. Seventy eight percent of CISO medicate. I and that's not healthy either.
2: Like that can't be good. That's not no. Good. Yes, that's not good at all. <laughs>
1: no, like, I mean, but but, but you got to remember, like when and, and after the dot com boom, out? when the well, th- that's a that's something very interesting the idea the cyber couch is kind of what helped software developers and engineers and architects in the dot-com boom as you know the job growth was going and these guys were doing 20-hour uh work days in front of a screen coding the next big thing a lot of them were medicating i mean what was it like cocaine was like they had cocaine delivery uh uh drivers in the bay area what yeah, you like know. they had apps and for and cocaine delivery cocaine drivers. It- like if you've never seen the documentary, yeah. if you've never seen the documentary around the cocaine use in Silicon Valley, oh it is disturbing. Like they yeah. were writing their own encrypted apps and bringing in vetted drug dealers and you <laughs> would be in your like you'd be at your building, you know, wherever and and anywhere in the Bay Area and you'd be like I need an eighth and within 15 minutes like Uber for cocaine oh someone God. would show up and y- you'd get your fix and you'd be able to go for another 5 6 hours
4: <sighs> not saying so, not we're not condoning this guys
1: <laughs> like, no no, no but those are the real them. challenges yeah. we don't- But we don't want that to happen in security, right? We're talking about this because you can't make something taboo and not talk about it and expect to change the trajectory. The only way to change the trajectory is to talk about it and provide an alternative. And the cyber couch is that alternative.
2: For sure. My friend who is a relationship um, therapist who also, she was on the podcast a few months ago. And no, I think a few, yeah, maybe about a month ago, um, talking about imposter syndrome. And talking about like how real it is, that it's not a, you know, it's not it, it it's real. So when we when we talked about that earlier, um, I wanna congratulate her because she just got Mother of the Year, a Mother of the Year Award in Virginia. So huge wow. congratulations to Dr. That's Ciara amazing. or <laughs> Ciara Simonson. So we're gonna bring her back too. I'm gonna shout her out later on LinkedIn. Very cool. Um but good, so much good stuff. Oh, another point James made earlier, and I was just pulling up an article here. Um, Dark Reading. There was an article yesterday that says many cybersecurity job candidates are subpar while on the... And it, you know, but it's it's to the point. The three hundred unqualified people who, you know, that inundates a hiring manager or a recruiting team or whatever, and people don't fully understand the other side of it. It's like I'm applying to hundred jobs or four hundred jobs, where you know, four hundred people are doing the same thing. So, so everyone ends up with you know, four hundred potential candidates for different roles and vast majority may not be the right fit so but was, are they unqualified or are the job descriptions just crazy like high expectation unicorns well that you know th- there's a combination i believe i totally 100 percent, am going to do actually something on job descriptions because um, okay. i have a chapter in my first book or my only book right now, because another one's coming. But I have a chapter specifically talking about job descriptions, because yes, I 100% agree that the job description is the biggest, biggest barrier. And most leaders, some leaders are fantastic about it, but leaders have, have no idea what to put in it. And it turns people off. So yes, then you get all these people applying to, you know, they put up job descriptions that they think, oh, well, I'll throw the kitchen sink and everything in it. Um, into a job description so that everyone can be interested, but then you attract people that aren't you. You know you 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 uh, repel people who would be a fit and attract all the wrong people. So yes, job descriptions are key. Um, and this was a, a really good article to put out there.
3: So I don't, know, I don't know how anybody hires somebody without a competency model. HP made a tremendous investment in creating competency models for the senior executives, right underneath Carly Fiorina and it was to say to somebody listen you're taking over this position you're going to run a Czech Republic for example and uh, here, here are the things you need to do well that we think you need to do well and on the other side of the coin if there's something you don't do well let's coach you to help you get that skill up quickly but I don't know how that fits into here but I think uh, it would make it a lot easier. I have a, I had a client on the phone this morning, and he's developing competency models for three divisions of his company so that he knows in the sales I need this, and recruiting I need that. And he can say to somebody, these are the things that you need to do well in, in our organization. No mystery. Yep. If you yeah. have it, use it. If you don't have it, we'll give it to you.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, a couple more points that came across here. So Michael says mile wide inch deep, but what about a T-shaped professional, someone who's more polymath than anything? I think this fits the bill too. So this is when we we're talking about um, the different cybersecurity security, um, not domains, but just the industry as a whole. When James was explaining like cyber is, includes everything, Um, And I equate that a lot of times to the health industry because people kind of don't, when you do it that way, they get it. You know, everybody's not the brain surgeon. Everybody's not the, you know, cardiologist. Like there's so many pathways. There's so many different entry points into security and there's so many parts of it. Super duper duper entry level could be, you know, your certified nursing assistant or whatever it is that you get a little cert that takes you six weeks and you get in that way. But if you want to be, you know, a nurse practitioner or a physician or whatever, it's certain levels, and we haven't, we just have not matured to that level yet. Um, so I think that that's how you know we, we're, we're we will eventually get there as a as an industry. I believe we're just not
4: wasn't there a viral post of a doctor who had shown all of her uh, her ID badges going through throughout her career? It's she started out like as a janitor, yes, and ended up being a nurse and then like a cardiologist. Like you could see like her progression, progression. and I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. amazing story. Like you started from it. Like, like, so anyone can do it. Like, I can be a doctor, guys.
1: <laughs> well, live. you know what? I-, I can tell you that um my wife's aunt who's in her 60s just got her law degree and became a practicing lawyer in israel i
2: love
1: it in her 60s like she went back to school she wanted she always wanted to be a lawyer she decided to go back to school and 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 get trained and pass the bar exam and in israel the bar exam is not like here like in israel like your taxi driver could be your lawyer like (sighs) literally because there's so many lawyers in israel um that the percentage of passing the bar is like 60 percent wow. or below like their best year i think was like 57 percent of the people who took the test actually passed it wow so it's what a very good yeah good for her yeah here it's like 80 or 90 percent of okay. the people pass the bar wow. depending on the state i didn't
2: know that wow i do not know that <laughs> i learned every i learned something from james every day every day <laughs> every day he's like, he's like an encyclopedia Okay, yeah. so someone says here, I've noticed certs like CISSP system and are also required for most CISO Yeah, That's true. yeah. And then they want know, would you suggest getting a master's in business in order to become a CISO? <laughs> yes. versus an InfoSec uh, cyber advanced degree.
1: Yes. Most most like it's here's the funny thing. Most people who are in business admin are now going and getting their masters in cyber. But there's very few cyber people going to get their masters in business.
2: The MBA. Correct. Yeah.
4: You might not need the full degree, at least know what you're talking about. I know other people have like a four day MBA, like who's the person who does that? Four day MBA, you can like Google it, but you basically get like the the whole foundational aspects of MBA
2: and uh, it helps for sure. Well, I would say if you could do if they, if they plan to do the master's, then definitely get it because um, it will help when leaders are looking at hiring. If you're going through a traditional hiring path, because a lot of the times they will request that on the job description. They will oh, yeah. want somebody with a master's or an MBA oh, yeah. or some kind of advanced degree for sure. Evidence. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Tim says, Timothy, that's great to hear about having other experience you may need outside of cyber related needs. I'm currently a nuclear project manager and I didn't think it would really apply to the cyber industry. We need everyone, project managers especially.
4: Well, yes, you got
1: you to understand something, manager. though, like the ICS and SCADA, they're looking Just for people with that, with that background. Just like of- him. Yeah. Yeah, just as like Timothy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Timothy Graham, your skill set, you probably do not know this, but it's huge. Yeah. Um, Mafus is back. After having looked at cybersecurity, I now see it as being an industry as broad, if not broader, than IT. I think people often overlook this. Getting into cyber could very wildly from pen testing to sock roles to managerial roles. Do you think people should zero in on a specific path or not overcommit and take a broader approach to getting into the industry?
1: I think you gotta know what disciplines and domains you wanna you enjoy doing the most in security. Like if you can't, if sitting in front of a screen for eight hours a day is boring for you. You don't want to be a SOC analyst or a pen tester, right? Like you got to find maybe like something like, like GRC or um, architects or engineering um, stuff where you're, you're, you're a little bit more, I want to say outside of the screen and more into the strategy aspect of security. Um, but you got, you got to kind of pick a domain and go for it. Right. I mean, it's, it and, and start with one domain, but then, don't lock yourself into that one domain. You know, it's it's a lot of people want to become pen testers, be, you know, because they feel like that's so cool. We get to hack systems, and I'm like, it's really not glorious, guys. It really is a, like it's predominantly <laughs> it's writing boring. reports. Do you enjoy so writing weird. reports?
4: Yeah, I get that question no, a lot. <laughs> also, like, what mm-hmm. domain should I go into? I'm like, if you don't know what the domains are, like, how are you even going to know what you like? Like, go out there and research. Just Play around with stuff, man. Like, I that's one of the most frustrating things. I know they don't have the passion for it when they're like, What should I do? I'm like, You kind of should already answer that for
2: yourself. Good Personal point. people. Yeah. So, follow up to this one um, someone says to my foods, a great question. I think it depends on what job you're looking for. Some are more narrow than others, but hiring managers need to get better with writing job descriptions. I agree with that yeah. 100%. A couple of us, Ben, posted up about the cocaine in Silicon Valley. <laughs> So did you start Naomi hearing about I did freak
4: out I just couldn't imagine like that being okay <laughs> like,
1: it's, it, it's it's part of the culture in Silicon Valley just so good. you know like it's, it's, it's insane
4: and like the fact that you only slept three hours James like that to me is dangerous also like you need to sleep buddy yeah,
1: you I, to... I will that's what Fridays are for the beauty of being Jewish is I turn off my phone on Friday <laughs> afternoon and don't turn it back on till Sunday I use the Shabbat like no one knows I don't work on Shabbat when solar winds happen I can tell you that it broke out on Friday and my team were drawing straws over who was gonna drive over to my house to tell me
2: <laughs> <laughs> because my
1: phone was off there was no way to get a hold of me
2: oh man that's awesome. Um, I found a quick 30-minute run, bike ride, implemented meditation yes. and implemented meditation in life. Dan, you talked about meditation before and how I, you, don't have, you, you don't have the patience.
3: <laughs> no, I, for myself, I don't have the patience. What I did is I found it when I could learn to hypnotize myself instantly uh, with some of the strategies we use and people are using it now. Um, I mean, I'm going to be speaking to a young woman this afternoon at 530 who's a, uh, who's a competitive swimmer, D1 swimmer, engineering student. And uh, she can take herself from the phone and watch herself in a pool and practice her races without ever, without ever getting in the water. So she, takes, she makes tremendous use of her subconscious mind. Uh, the thing about this is that people who use it don't talk about it. They, you know, somebody put down uh, uh, best practices before. I was on a plane coming back from Chicago, and a woman said to me, Uh, I just came from a conference where we shared best practices. I said, my feeling and what I see is people who have their best practices don't share them. That's their competitive edge for some people, not everybody. Certainly, if you're running a company and you're trying to develop the people underneath you, you have to share your best practices. But there's stuff that people are doing that they will never, ever talk about. And there's a lot of mental health strategies in this couch program uh, I'll be able to teach people how to hypnotize themselves very quickly. That's they decide to so cool. use it or not. It's up to them. But so I know cool. all my clients use it and they can't wait to use it.
2: I want to try that. It's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah,
3: if to- you if you want to try it, you know, call me privately and I'll you know, give you a demonstration over the phone. Just just call me and we'll set up, set up a Zoom call.
2: <laughs> we Remember, I'm, me talking,
3: up. I'm going to be talking tomorrow. Uh, at 10 o'clock with the uh, top college catcher in the country, who's number eight in the, uh, the 2021 draft. Nice. Out of
2: 100
3: people, he's
2: number eight. Oh, good for him. Dan has some gurus that call him up. So yeah. Courtney wants to know one of the most important aspects, or Courtney says, makes this point, one of the most important aspects of IT as a whole is mental health. Um, Another person says that any high-pressure job, what you eat, how you sleep, and physical exercise are the best for your mental health. So true. Okay, three more questions, and then we will wrap. It's almost noon. Uh, Michael says, any thoughts on IT auditing and consulting using ISO 27001? (laughs) There's <laughs> like no segue to that.
4: <laughs> uh, well, like, ISO 27001 is an international standard framework that a lot of companies use. It doesn't apply to every single company or every single industry. So you would find yourself very niche. If you did consults in ISO 27001, you also want to be familiar with things like SOC 2. Uh, shout out to AJ, if he's listening, like you want to find other frameworks other than just ISO 27001, just so you can like compare, give advice as to which one would be better fit for one company versus the other. Uh, So yeah, you don't want to just like put yourself into that peg and be like, I only know this one framework.
2: (laughs) Like you want to know more. (laughs) Right. All right. At what level do we start a dual track determination within the industry? Standard to obtain X foundational knowledge-based certs, track A, leadership roles, track B, should you stay technical?
1: I think once you've settled in your role and you're crossing into other disciplines is when you should start looking at other things you want to do what i tell a lot of people i speak with is if you don't know what domain or discipline you want to be in in cyber then start with what you think you're gonna you want to do (coughs) but then keep yourself open to wanting to learn and do something else you know it's kind of like I don't know. I forgot what the percentage was. And maybe someone is much smarter than I am here. We'll we'll duck, duck, go it and find the answer. But what's the percentage of people that changed their major after like the first semester in college? I think it's like really high. Like a lot of people go to school and think like, I'm going to get a liberal arts degree. And then they realize (laughs) you can't get a job with liberal arts degree. And then you go and you earn a communications degree or a marketing degree or a psychology degree because those actually get you jobs that pay money.
2: (laughs) You know what's going to be the bane of his... Daughter is his daughter no, is going to be a liberal arts major <laughs> no she's not i'm not she's paying for degree. college under
1: a liberal arts degree
2: <laughs> no, she, she will get it, have, it herself
3: i have to having put five kids to private colleges james i have to agree with you a hundred percent
4: but the point of college is not to find a job I and mean, that is the problem because colleges cost so much that you need to find a job to pay off your college loans it is ridiculous chop down the amount of Like college costs and then people will be able to get liberal arts degrees for fun and like contribute to humanity. So so liberal
1: arts degree should exactly be what most adults do when they're adulting. You take something in the afternoons to learn how to paint because you've always wanted to learn (laughs) how to paint. And you go with your husband or boyfriend or best friend, and you go to one of those wine and painting classes. But
4: James, those people contribute the most to humanity. Like, think about it. We are com- we're not computers. We're not black boxes. We're I'm, not. I'm here not just
1: saying. I'm money. not saying we don't need like. What I'm saying is, liberal arts is not a degree that gets you a job at the end of the that day. That is
2: correct. That is correct. David but is right. David made a good point. Should be keep tabs? We keep James, time, yeah, if you have a
1: nickel by now, you probably got. You probably have about as much money as has got I'm, from I'm, Naomi.
2: I'm bringing, I'm bringing liberal arts people on here all day. I'm going to get a and a biscuit.
3: James, when 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 your kid is taking those type of degrees, you need to find a good contractor who will build the apartment for them in your basement, because that's where they're going to be living.
4: Oh God! Thank you, <laughs> Doctor
3: Dan. Funny. Naomi, <laughs> Naomi's hippie
1: attitude towards liberal arts is, <laughs> oh, is, is, is charming. It's liberal. heartwarming.
3: My, my my youngest son uh, graduated from UVM. Uh, he wanted to do outback wilderness guiding, and that he liked that stuff. <laughs> so he said he's going to take a course on that, and he's going to pay for the course. And I said, well. I said, "Why don't you call some of these guide companies and ask them how many jobs are available, and then come back to me about this course?" He said to me, "Dad, I called four companies; nobody had any jobs." I said, "So you got to take this this tour thing." Uh, so it, it's um, and then ultimately he decided to do stuff separately from that. But but you know, it's like guiding kids is uh, is the right thing to do. I think today. I mean, I. I've done it five times, and I, and I did it well. So you know, I'm very happy with the outcome that I got with them. Right,
1: but I think that's really important because you see people who want to come in like that, that are sold by the university, that a liberal arts degree is like a way for you to be enlightened and, and understand and see the beauty of the world. And all of that is very true, but none of that gets you a job. <laughs> None it costs too much.
4: Yeah, I agree. There, it, you seventy five thousand dollars for an English degree at right. Northwestern. Yeah,
1: yeah, you get a liberal arts degree, and th- you go and you apply for work, mm-hmm. and you find out that being a barista at Starbucks, and you know, possibly working in a mail room somewhere, if those still exist, you know, or or photocopying something at a at a law office or accounting office is pretty much what you're doing. Or um, Sales. Or sales. Yeah, sales.
2: Ben says he's laughing out loud. He has tears in his eyes because he says we are so funny. We are hilarious. Well, we
1: got to end Thursdays on a high note. Yes, we do. You know what? We, should,
2: yeah.
4: we, we, should,
1: we should say this. Well done this week to law enforcement on a global perspective for taking down both the Imitat and NetWalker mm-hmm. ransomware networks. And NetWalker, for those who don't know, Uh, was a Canadian national who was doing ransomware attacks on hospitals during COVID. So he's now in jail, jail. thankfully where he belongs after squeezing $27.6 million from healthcare facilities during COVID. So um, a great week for law enforcement Great week for law enforcement and a great week for a lot of cybersecurity professionals and a lot of companies, that the forensics, to be able to find these guys and uh, bring them to justice. Um, well done.
2: Absolutely. So, folks, we are going to wrap this week's CISO Thursdays. Again, hashtag Infosec Hires. Put yourselves out there. Oh, one more thing, James. Go ahead.
1: Next week, we're at 1 o'clock.
2: That's right. We're changing, we're changing the, the time. time. We are changing the time. It's going to be 1 p.m. We'll put something out Eastern. there. We'll blast it out. 1 p.m. Eastern. What's that? 9 a.m. Um, Pacific, right? No, that's 10, 10 a.m.
3: Pacific. Renee, that's a math question. Go to somebody else. <laughs> hey, where's the liberal arts
1: degree person? If it's 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern time, what's it in California?
2: Yeah, I hope you guys can join us. 1 p.m. Eastern 1 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Eastern next week. I will, you know, that's 1
1: p.m. Eastern going forward. We will no longer be at 11 a.m. We're moving to 1 p.m. Eastern time as of next week, every single Thursday for CISO Thursdays.
2: That's right. InfoSec Hires 221 in 2021. Bye, everybody. See y'all next week at 1 p.m.